Great to see you guys today. Hey, today's message is one I shared with you before. It's been several years ago. I chose to update this material, bring it to you again, because every so often we need to be reminded of these ideas that I'm going to give you today. And it fits so perfectly within this overall series. In case you're just joining us for the first time, this is part three of our series seasons, and we are discussing various seasons we go through in life. And it doesn't have anything to do with age, but where we are currently, whether it's in our relationships, our spirituality, our life stage, etc. Here's what we've covered uh, so far, or at least a little bit of what we've covered. Uh, a couple weeks ago, as we kicked the series off, I gave you three uh, important critical ideas when it comes to seasons. Number one, seasons are temporary. Whatever season you're in right now, it's not going to last, okay? If it's fall, winter, spring, summer, I'll explain that in just a moment. You're going to go through it, and it's not always going to be the way it is. Even if it's good right now, you're going to have some bad times. If it's bad, good times are going to come back. Every season is temporary. Every season returns. So wherever you are, you'll be here again. So you better learn all you can when you're in this current season because you're going to see it again. And then the third one is every season has a purpose. So if you can figure out what that purpose is, plant the right seeds during this season, you'll harvest the right, you know, um, you'll benefit the next season, et cetera. So that's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Part one was fall. We decided, hey, let's just kick it off actually where we are on the calendar year in the fall of the year. And we talked about fall being a season of decay, being a season of dying. And I ask you some pretty hard questions. What in your life is decaying? What in your life is dying? What needs to die and fall away? And then we looked at last week, winter, and that's a season of death and cold. So over the last two weeks, we have been in death, decaying, dying, uh, coldness. It's just all been dark and, and kind of, you know, hibernating. So today we're warming it up. We're moving into a new season called spring, and we're going to be discussing what spring is all about. Listen, one characteristic of spring is a fresh start. New grass starts growing back, new leaves budding, flowers blooming. We're shaking off the chill of the winter months. There's anticipation in the air. Grills start coming out at Lowe's and Walmart, lawnmowers and deck furniture as well. We deep clean our houses, or at least we have it on our list to deep clean our houses. We put up our winter clothes. We think about losing some of the winter weight. People plan uh, to get their pools ready. All the things that go along with spring. Spring is about a fresh start. It's about a time to start over. And although we're not in the spring of the year, literally, in our calendars externally, some of us are in the spring internally. There are some of us gathered in this room, some watching online. Spring describes where we are. We have recently come through a difficult fall season, some stuff decaying, or maybe a winter season of death and ice, and now we're ready for a new season. And that's where you are. Maybe you've switched jobs and it's a new season for you. Maybe you've switched girlfriends and it's a new season for you. Maybe you've switched husbands and we'll leave that alone. Maybe you're trying to get your health under control. It's a new season for you. Maybe it's a new business that you have recently launched or maybe you're moving away from some toxic relationships and you're starting to build some new friends. Whatever it is, you're entering into a new season, a spring season, a season of freshness, new life, a brand new start. And here's what's interesting. A lot of us spend time thinking through what we plan to begin, but not through what we plan to end. 
And this is what I want to talk to you about today. What do you mean, Scott? Thinking through what we're going to end. Whenever we get into the spring cleaning of your house or kind of cleaning out some of the junk in your garage or in your attic, the stuff clogging up our systems when it comes to maybe our business or relationships or our spirituality, whatever it is, kind of cleaning out the stuff of fall and winter, the things holding us back, the things slowing us down. Have you ever thought about whenever you're entering into a new relationship, when you're starting that new business, when you're making some plans to grow spiritually, have you ever thought about taking an inventory of what you want to close, not just open, what you want to shut off, not just turn on, what you want to throw away, not just collect? This is why this message is needed every few years here at FPC, because too many of us are hoarders. We collect and collect and collect without throwing away. We start and start and start without stopping. But what I want you to learn is that it's important that before you add to your life, you need to subtract something from your life. Before you start something new, there's probably something you need to stop. Before you begin in any area, I guarantee you there's at least one, two, or more things you need to end. Many of you know I love reading, and many years ago I picked up a book by one of my favorite authors, Dr. Henry Cloud. And his book is entitled Necessary Endings, and he goes into so much of what I'm going to talk about today in much more detail and gives tons of good practical advice on how to end certain things in your life and begin certain things in your life. And there's a quote I picked up a few years ago, and I just, it's kind of been rolling around in my head for all these years. And here it is. Great is the art of the beginning, but greater is the art of ending. Many of us never even think about ending as being an art, but it is. Ending is an art. What does that mean? It means it takes thinking, processing. It requires skills to identify what we need to stop doing, and it takes courage to actually stop. So during this season, I want you to start, and I hope you start some new things. I'd love to see you say, hey, you know what, I want to start um, you know, cleaning out some relationships in my life that are just toxic, that are weighing me down, that are very negative. I want to start maybe reading scripture a little bit every single day, or I want to start uh, writing a book or beginning a new business. All that stuff is awesome. I want all those things for you. In this season, I want you to start. I want you to begin. I want you to add. But I want you to begin whatever it is you're going to begin with the end of that particular relationship, that particular business in mind. What do you mean? Ecclesiastes 3.6 says, there's a time to search and there is a time to give up. There is a time to keep and there is a time to throw away. So searching and giving up both are required to become the person you were designed to become keeping and throwing away the right things are necessary in order for you to achieve everything you were created to achieve. If you don't give up some things, if you don't throw away some stuff, you're going to fall behind. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me and I reach out to the things ahead of me. Paul says, I don't just reach out, I forget. I don't just start, I stop. I just don't try something new, I let some of the old stuff go. 
There are some things you're striving for and they are ahead of you, but you cannot gain what is ahead if you're not willing to lose what is behind. So here's the question that I want you to wrestle through. I'm gonna ask it now and I'm gonna ask it again at the end of today's message. And I want you to think it through. What in your life needs to end? What in your life needs to end? What needs to stop? What do you need to throw away? What do you need to clean out? What are you carrying from one season to the next? And you need to stop moving it to the next season. There's some things in the fall of the year, if you were here two weeks ago, that we talked about decaying and falling off. Let it go. There are some things in the winter months that die. Let them go. If you're in the spring of the year in your life, fresh start. New grass, new buds on the trees, new flowers coming out. Let the old stuff go away. Now, let's be honest. Some of us do not want to let some things go. We hold on to those few things, and ultimately those few things that we hold on to hurt us. We refuse to take our hands off and move on, and as a result, we get stuck. And when we become stuck, we never accomplish our fullness. Our fullness. Here's what I know about some of you. I believe this about you. You might not believe this about yourself, but I believe this about you. There are ministries inside some of you sitting in this room. There are brand new ministries inside some people watching, but you do not know what to stop so that you can create enough room in your life to begin that new ministry. There are businesses inside of you. There are creative, there is creativity inside of you. There are books inside of you, but you're gonna have to take time to write that. Put your story down. You're gonna have to stop this, stop that, cut that away, put this negative person over here to the side, stop believing all the things that people say about you. You're gonna to have to let some of these things go so that you have the room, the capacity, the creativity, the energy to actually get the book written. There are songs inside of you. There's unfulfilled dreams inside of you. There are answers to questions inside of you. There's freedom for people inside of you, but you are stuck. And until you're willing to let go of some things that you're dragging from one season to the next, you are always gonna remain exactly where you are and never reach your fullness. Now, why is that? Why do we have to let things go so we can move up, so we can accomplish, so we can grow, so we can break through to the next level? Some of us need to actually experience some breakups in our life, breakups, which will trigger a whole new life and open up an entire new world for our families and for us. Let me tell you a little uh, private story of mine. When I was 16 years old, I was in high school and I thought I loved this girl with all of my heart. And if you remember being in middle school or high school and you have your, your first love and I was convinced she loved me and then she broke up with me. It just broke my heart, you know, the whole Dear John letter. And I got that and it just crushed me. And in that moment, being 16, only child, had a lot of family issues in my life. We moved a lot, didn't have a lot of close friends. Man, I just put so much into this relationship. And when she broke up with me, it crushed my heart. And in that moment, being a 16-year-old, I couldn't see beyond Friday night of the current week. I saw no hope, no healing, you know, no future. But what I couldn't see at the time, and from my current altitude at that time, which was I was pretty flying pretty low in my life. 
I didn't see how that breakup in my life actually propelled me into a new direction and ultimately changed my entire life. I worked at that time at a local restaurant while I was in high school and washed dishes and bus tables and I was saving up all the money I possibly could and to spend it on her. I was actually gonna take her out and do these things and buy this and all those different things you know that you wanna do when you're young love. And when she broke up with me, I had this pile of money sitting there and crying in, in the pile of money. Well, someone in my home church said, hey, Scott, you know, I'm gonna be going to this leadership conference about a thousand miles away. Uh, it's gonna require some money for travel and some ho a hotel and food and all the different things. Would you like to go with me? I'd never been to a leadership conference. I didn't know what to expect, sounded fun. So I figured I might as well go. I had some money sitting on the side. I had nothing else to do that summer. So I went. So I was 16 years old, sitting in a ministry leadership conference, a thousand miles away from home, taking notes, asking questions. And when the conference ended, man, I was never the same again. In fact, I left for college less than two years later. That conference ignited a passion for leadership in me and ignited a passion for the local church that continues to burn 35 years later. A few years later, after that conference, I was elevated more in my thinking, in my understanding of myself, my future, God, scripture, and I looked at that relationship much more objectively, and I realized how unhealthy that relationship was with that girl. Today, I am thankful, genuinely thankful, that I went through that breakup in my life. It catapulted me over my self-imposed boundaries and onto a brand new path. And that happened when I was 16. If we could only get more of our 16 year olds to see right now that some things in your life close, some things in your life fall out, some things in your life break down, some things in your life burn out, some things in your life quit, and it's all for your good. I know right now you think I'll never be able to get over this breakup. I'll never be able to get over this firing on a job. I'll never be able to get over this failing of a class. I'll never be able to get over this whatever it is in your life. And you have no idea that that very failure, breakup, brokenhearted moment might catapult you to a brand new part in, in your life that you never even knew was possible. We get stuck in hurtful situations and toxic relationships and we can't see how bad those situations are. And sometimes God has to kind of swoop in, if you will, and pull us out of that mess and it's gonna break our heart and we're gonna bleed a little bit and we're gonna cry and we're gonna feel the pain of that broken relationship or that broken job or that broken dream that we had, but all of it is gonna work together for our good and put us in a brand new place because some of us do not have the courage or the power to let those things go. Why? Because we're blinded by their toxicity. If you would have looked at me when I was 16 and told me, that I was not in a good relationship with this person, that this person was not gonna help me get where God wanted me to be, I would have told you you were crazy. I would have told you I was fine. I would have told you we're gonna love each other forever. I would have told you we're gonna get married. I would have told you all the things that so many 16 year olds say. I had no idea what God had in store for me, but it was gonna take a breakup and it was gonna take some pain and it was gonna take some crying and it was gonna take some disappointment to launch me somewhere else. So 
Those situations and relationships in our lives sometimes have to be ripped out, ripped out of our life, or we're going to remain stuck forever. Here's, here's what I want to say to some people, and hopefully over time, I've learned some wisdom. Hopefully in my life, I've got a little discernment today that I didn't have in the past. Sometimes I can see people because of many years of ministry and raising three kids and now grandkids, I can see more potential in some people than they can see in themselves. There are times I look at a young person and I think, man, if I could just, if, if I could just get you to see what I see in you. Sometimes I look at someone who's going through a very difficult time and I think to myself, you know what? If, if you could just see beyond this moment of pain and you could see what God has in store for you, you could see your future the way that I, I envision your future to be, I think it would lift you and encourage you and fill you with such wind in your sails. There, there are times that I, I wanna look at some people and I wanna say this. I don't say it this way, but this is what I wanna say to some people. I wanna say, you know what? If you would just stop these two relationships in your life, this one right here and this one right there, if you would just stop those two, you would be able to fly so much higher than you are right now. Those two people are, aren't your friends. I know they say they're your friends, but they're not your friends. They are miserable people and they want everybody else to be miserable. And you keep them in your life because you feel guilty for letting them go, but they are draining you and they're holding you back from what you could actually achieve in your life. There are times I'm gonna look at some people and I'm gonna say, you know what? If you would just get out of that job that you're in and move away from your parents or, or quit allowing your adult kids to steal everything you have, or if you would get away from that boyfriend that you keep dragging with you everywhere, there's sometimes I'm gonna look at people and I'm gonna say, you know, if you would just stop spending so much time on Facebook and Instagram confirming your worth, if you would quit the series after series after series on Netflix and instead put your heart and your mind in a book or go back to school, you realize you could soar so much higher than you ever dreamed possible if you would just let some stuff go and quit dragging it with you into every single season but they can't seem to let it go. You have to be elevated, lifted above where you are at current and see everything from a new and higher perspective. Anybody in here fly often? You're on a plane a lot for work or whatever? Some of you? All right, right here. You know that when you're in a plane, those of you who just fly sometimes maybe for vacation or whatever, you, you could agree with this as well. When you get into bad turbulence, uh, one of the things that a pilot will do is try to get above the turbulence, rise higher, get up where the air is more still, get up where the air current is moving with you. Whenever you get above the turbulence, things level out and everything becomes calm. But if you're in the turbulence, the only thing you can think of in that moment is the turbulence. When you're in the turbulence, you're not thinking much about reading a book. When you're in the turbulence, you're not thinking much about drinking your Pepsi or eating your peanuts. When you're in the turbulence, it's hard to have a conversation with somebody without thinking about this is playing gonna fall apart. Some of us have lived in turbulence for years. We just live there, anxiety written, stressed out, constantly worried about ourselves, worried about our relationships, worried about everything. We've got to somehow learn to rise above the turbulence and get up much higher. I think that's one of the reasons why Paul says, I forget that stuff behind me. I'm done with it. Can you imagine how many naysayers Paul had in his life? 
Here was a guy who persecuted the church for years. Here's a guy who hurt the early Christians, who destroyed some families in his, in his passion to, 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 to squash out early Christianity. Then he becomes a Christian. How many naysayers do you think Paul had in his life? Constantly calling him a hypocrite, calling him a sellout, call, talking about his past and the things he did wrong. Here's Paul putting himself with the apostles. Yet Paul comes along after Jesus has already been crucified and resurrected. Then Paul comes into Christianity and yet he puts himself with the apostles and people blamed him for putting himself alongside other apostles. How many people do you think pulled Paul down? Paul tells us he had a thorn in this flesh that constantly berated him and battled him all the time and it kept him humble. How often do you think Paul was discouraged? That's why Paul says, I put those things behind me and I push toward a new goal. The goal, the call of Christ Jesus in my life, much higher than anything I've ever experienced before. If you remain in the turbulence, the only thing you're ever gonna think about is the turbulence. Here's a lesson. There are some good things that cannot begin in your life until some bad things end. But we often do not want them to end. We've grown accustomed to them and we keep returning to them over and over and over again. We're not prepared to go where we need to go. And as a result, we stay stuck in our past. And that's why Paul says you gotta forget that stuff and move ahead. Now, whenever I talk about letting things go, we often think about relationships and you know maybe spending habits or hobbies or, or addictions or attitudes, kind of things that you can see, feel, touch. But there's also some very abstract things that some of us need to let go. Let me explain what I mean. Some of us sitting in this room, some of us watching at home, we adults, we can't end our childhood. We carry it with us year after year after year. And I speak from experience. There, there are some 13-year-old girls living in 35-year-old bodies, still trying to fit in with all the women. There are 10-year-old boys living in 47-year-old bodies, still getting their feelings hurt when they're not chosen for the team. We're little kids in adult bodies because we won't let our childhood go. Yes, we were hurt. Yes, we were abused. Yes, we were lied to. Yes, we were cheated. Yes, we were neglected. Yes, we were hurt. But if we keep bleeding from the wounds we receive as children, we're gonna bleed into every other season of our life. We've got to learn how to let the wounds be healed so we can move forward. Other people have, ended, have endings forced on them, endings that they never chose. Things happened to us and things broke in our life and certain things ended in our life that we didn't want to end. I'm talking about making endings. Well, sometimes endings happen to us and we didn't want those endings to happen. For instance, maybe our parents got divorced. We didn't want that ending to happen, but it happened to us. But we still carry that depression and that anger with us for years. And it's literally eating out all the lunch, the power, the energy of everything else that we have going on in our life. Some of us, we, we've suffered a spouse having an affair on us years ago and we still can't trust today. And we carry it with us and we carry it with us and we carry it with us and we just keep living it and living it and living it. 
We've got to learn to let some things end and we gotta deal with some of the wounds and the pain of other things ending in our life. When we fail to end things well, we are destined to repeat the mistakes that keep us from moving on. It's why some people go from divorce to divorce, job to job, problem to problem, because they never dealt with closure. They're just reliving it. Same problems, just a new face. Same issues, just a new job. Same insecurities, just a new dating relationship. So what I wanna see for you is for you to be empowered to choose a few endings in your life and have the courage to live those endings out well. But here's the million dollar question, right? How? How? How, how many of you garden, have a garden, plant flowers, I don't know, anything at all in a garden? Okay, good. Some of y'all like, are like scared to lift your hand. I'm not gonna call you up front. I'm not gonna, do, I'm not gonna sign you up for anything. I'm not gonna sell you a product. I just, I'm just curious how many of you do different things. It's okay. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, is this an auction? Like if I, no, it's not an auction. All right. I don't garden, okay? One reason, I don't know enough about it. But I do know this. Pruning is a must. Weeding is a must. Without pruning, if it's a rose bush or any other plant, you're never gonna, those plants are never gonna reach their full potential. All right? Now watch what scripture says in John 15. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vineyard keeper. He removes, he removes, he removes, notice that, he removes, quits, ends, stops. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. And he trims any branches that produce fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. So here's what Jesus is saying. My father cuts off every branch that doesn't grow fruit and every branch that does grow fruit he cuts back. So here's the lesson. We either get cut off or we get trimmed back. Either way, life is all about being pruned. It is a constant cycle of trimming and cutting and trimming and cutting and trimming and cutting. You'll never reach your full potential if you don't trim and cut. You're never gonna be all that God wants you to be until you learn how to trim and cut the right things. Let some things go. Get rid of some things in your life. Pruning is a series of ending. Endings, endings, endings. That's enough for that branch. That's enough for that branch. That's enough for that weed. That's enough for that weed. Everything is about ending so that other things can grow. The gardener intentionally and purposefully cuts off branches and buds that fall into one of three categories. Let me give them to you. One, healthy buds or branches, but not the best buds or branches. So when the gardener looks at a rose bush, we'll take that for instance, a rose bush. He looks at it or she looks at it and says, a lot of these roses on here are beautiful, but not all of them are going to reach their fullest potential. Some branches, some roses on this rose bush are draining the energy out of the best ones. So I've got to make a decision. Which ones am I going to cut off so that the ones that have the greatest potential can actually thrive? That's why I say ending is an art. You got to look at your life and you got to say there are some good things and there are some great things. And I'm going to have to let go of a few good things so that the great things can reach their fullest. 
The gardener trims back the good buds and branches in order to redirect the water to the great buds and branches with the greatest potential to become mature roses. Without pruning, you don't get the best roses. I hope you can make the application. If not, here it is. Some of us have too many things we're doing. And what's most important, not getting our time and attention. So you got to take a look at your life and let me give you a real powerful, powerful word. No. No, thank you. I'm not going to do that. No, thank you. I can't do that. Thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not going to be able to put time and energy and effort in that. Then you've got to learn to say, yes, I am going to hear. Yes, I am there. Yes, I am there. There's three things I'm not going to do or three things I am going to do. I am not going to give a little bit of my time and attention to six things. I'm going to give all my time and attention to three things. That way, the three reach their fullest potential because they're the most important anyway. And I'm going to have to let some of these other things go. So when a expert gardener takes a look at a rose bush, he knows that there are some healthy branches or buds, but they're not the best and he's got to let them go. And let me just give you a secret, okay? A little warning, not really a secret, a warning. When you say no to certain things, people are going to say, but why not? It's such a good thing. And you're going to have to learn to say, it is a good thing, but it's not a great thing for me. So I'm not going to be able to do that, but I am going to do that. You can't do it all with expertise. You've got to figure out what is right. Okay, and that's a whole other message is to figure out what is the best things in life and what's mediocre. All right, moving on. Number two, a expert gardener will trim, will cut back sickly branches that are taking up space needed for the healthy branches to thrive. There are some branches that are sick and diseased and are not going to make it. They're not going to make it. And for a while, and this is important, for a while, the gardener may monitor those branches. He or she may fertilize those branches. He or she may nurture those branches or otherwise try to make them healthy. But an expert gardener knows that at some point, he realizes, she realizes that more water, more fertilizer, more care is not going to help. You got to know when something needs to be cut away. It's not going to get any more of my attention because it's not going to live. Some of us give to give up. Some of us need to give up on a few things and we keep pouring time and energy because we're hopeful, we're hopeful, hopeful. They'll come back. I don't want to spend too much time here and I know I hound a lot on relationships, but I've seen it over and over and over again. Somebody gets in a relationship with somebody else and they start seeing some character defects. They start seeing some real problems. And listen, nobody's perfect. We all got character defects. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some serious issues, some red flags in this person's life. And here's what we say. Well, if I just love them more, they'll come around. If I'm just, if, if, if I'm just kind to them, they'll turn around. If I just forgive them, you have forgiven them 25 times for the same thing. I know, but just one more time, if I forgive them, they'll turn around. Sometimes we've got to say, you know what? More fertilizer, more water, more time, more attention is not going to make this thing alive again. It's got to go, okay? Remember this, some things are sick and need to die. 
it's easier to birth a baby than raise the dead. Start again. Because it doesn't matter how many times you try to raise the dead, it ain't coming back, all right? Number three, there are branches and buds that are dead and taking up space. So the first, the number two there was dying and you need to let it go. There's other things that are just dead and they're just hanging on. And a, a, an expert gardener knows to trim those things off. The healthy branches need room to reach their full length, their full height, but they can't spread because there's dead branches forcing them to bend and turn corners. Pruning enables rose bushes and other plants to realize their fullest, fullest, fullest potential. So here are the three kind of real quick and on one slide. There are some things in our life that are good, but not great. Let them go. There's some things in our life that are just unhealthy. They're dying. Let them go. There's some things that are dead. Get rid of them so that you can reach your fullest, so you can become the person you're designed to become. Because the areas of your life requiring your resources, your time, your energy, your talent, your emotions, your money, but they're not achieving the vision you have, they got to be pruned. And folks, that is tough. I know that's hard. It is so hard to let some things go. But I guarantee you, without pruning, your endeavors, your endeavors will be average at best and at worst, utterly fail. So here's the question. This is going to kind of be one last little thing I'm going to give to you today. Really, 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 really important, okay? Before you end what is necessary, you must know what is necessary at the end. Because here's what I know about some of us. You've heard everything that I've said, but if you're honest, you would say this. The problem I have, Scott, is when I look at a rose bush, using that, you know, that illustration, I don't know what branches are the best. I'm not skilled. I'm afraid I'll cut the wrong things out. I don't know how to detect necessarily a diseased branch because some things look unhealthy and then they come back to life and other things look unhealthy and then they die. I'm not really skilled at that. So I want to help you kind of cut through all of that and give you a principle that you can follow that will help you make some very hard, hard decisions in your life so that you will know what to cut, what to let go, what to get rid of in your life. Here it is. You got to know what you want your life to look like before you start pruning. And once you get a very clear image, a very clear picture of knowledge of what it is you want it to look like, prune away everything that doesn't look like that. That's a very simple process to follow. Let me give you some very specific examples. You got to figure out what a healthy marriage looks like. You got to figure that out. Yes, we can help and teach and read and books and scripture and sermons and counseling and all that will help you. But ultimately, it's your responsibility to figure out what a healthy marriage looks like. And then whatever looks like a healthy marriage, prune away everything that doesn't look like that. If a healthy marriage is good communication, then you've got to work on pruning out bad communication. If a healthy marriage looks like commitment, you got to prune away things that are not committed. If a healthy marriage looks like trust, then you got to remove the things in your life that feed into distrust. So you got to have an image of what you want to prune toward. 
You've got to ask yourself, hey, what does a spiritual life, a healthy spiritual life look like? Well, ask yourself, if I was a healthy, spiritually healthy person, what would my life look like? Well, it would probably look like this. It would probably look like that. It would probably look like that. None of us are exact. We don't know all the answers to that, but we got a general idea. Then you prune the things away from your life that doesn't fit that image, that doesn't look like that. Same thing when it comes to a business. You can apply this to your business. What do I want my business to look like? What kind of customer service do I want to have? What kind of reports do I want to come in from other customers? What kind of products do I want? The quality. Then you prune away the things that do not look like that. And when you prune away, all of a sudden more energy can be given to the things that really matter. And all of a sudden that rose bush begins to take shape, take form, and better roses are blooming. All of a sudden customer service is better, quality goes up, marriage gets in better. We can do the same thing with the church. What kind of healthy church, what does a healthy church look like? Whatever it looks like, prune away the things that do not look like that. Yeah, that doesn't answer every question. That's not a perfect solution, but it will definitely get you started down the right road to answer some very good questions. At some point, you've got to ask, is what I'm currently doing working? Am I growing? Am I improving? Am I thriving? Am I learning? Am I leading? Is my marriage getting better? My health getting better? My finances getting better? My ministry getting better? My sales, my employees, my mind, my habits, my knowledge of God? My relationships, if they're not, you need to prune because it's never going to improve until you take upon yourself the responsibility as a gardener and begin to prove some things out of your life. Okay? I know that's a lot, but it is extremely important we figure that out. So here's here's an exercise today and we're going to go, okay? Here it is. Two questions. I want you to ask yourself, where do I need a fresh start? Where do you need a fresh start? Now you might have three or four things, but just at least one area where you know you need a fresh start. You may say, you know, I really need a fresh start when it comes to friends. Or I really need a fresh start when it comes to some habits in my life. Or I really need a fresh start when it comes to my, my, my business. Or I need a fresh start when it comes to my relationship with God. Oh, I need a fresh start when it comes to my marriage. We're just going through a really difficult time. Where do you need a fresh start? At least one area. And then of course you see the follow-up question. What is one thing, one thing that you know needs to end so that there's room to begin, so that there's room to start. So energy can go to that one area or two areas that you need the most in your life. That spring fresh starts, growing grass, budding flowers, new branches, new flowers, new roses, new vegetables, all the things that are new in the spring. But we got to clean out some stuff because they're choking the life out of it. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can come into your house and worship and sing and be inspired. Thank you that we can love one another and see each other and encourage one another. Thank you that we can pray for one another. We can laugh with one another. Thank you also that we can sit and learn and have our hearts challenged and our minds expanded and see the power of your word. And Father, you just drop those incredibly powerful nuggets of truth and wisdom that get inside of us and that literally can change everything in our life.
As Paul tells us, gotta let those things in the past go or you'll never achieve what is ahead of you. Just like Jesus tells us how he trims the branches and takes away the dead branches. How much wisdom is packed into that. May we begin to live that out in our own life. Father, give the people gathered in this room today the strength and the courage and the wisdom to see where they need to start and what they need to stop. Thank you for challenging us today. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.